Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, the Warriors win game six, and they are champions for the fourth time in eight years. I'm, I'm really jealous of you because I had to wait. In, I had to wait like 30 years, of uh, more than 30 years of my life before I saw a championship. I had almost 40 years of my life I had to wait to see a championship, and you... In uh, in your twenty two years, have seen four. That is really unfair, but uh, but yeah, good good job on that. And the Warriors win their fourth in in eight. And uh, how does how, how I don't know? How do you feel? What are you thinking? I I think that you can't celebrate this one as you have the past three. I remember where I was for all three of them for the first one, Grandma and Grandpa's house, twenty sixteen when they lost. I had a I had like a music production camp um, and I, I remember that vividly going into the music production camp with this kid wearing a LeBron shirt. And I was like, ah, that might not be the most popular <laughs> look right now. We're at Stanford of a bunch of Warriors fans, 26, <laughs> 2017, 2018. I was at my mom's house for the whole time. And, and now I'm, I'm here and I celebrate it just like I celebrated the other ones. I'm joyous. I'm very, very happy right now. So. Uh, that first one, so uh, I'm going to ask you the first question. This isn't even in my top three, and we're going to jump around because what what a nutty, what a nutty, nutty night this is going to be, or this was. So 2015, uh, it was more that we knew they were good. We didn't know how good they were, but it was the first one, and you're always going to remember the first one, especially you know for me. At, the Warriors were bad for most of my childhood. And then 2017 was kind of the retribution. It was the KD. It was like, you know, we lost 2016 and we're not going to lose 2017. And 2018 was sort of like, yeah, we, we were probably supposed to win that one. And we create, you know, the team created some adversity for themselves. But this one, I don't know how many people saw coming. And that's what makes it memorable. So I'm going to ask you the question because several people have asked me already. Where do you rank this one? Or is it too fresh to even think about where you would rank it in the pantheon of championships? It's too fresh, but top of my head, I'm going number two. Um, I know KD would get in his feelings if someone with more of a platform said this, but this one feels good because, like you said, everyone counted them out. Um, I think there was a little bit of factor in the media where can they win without Kevin Durant? 
Um, and I know that the Warriors themselves, Steph, Clay, Dre, and all the other guys who who like Igadala, Kevon Looney, who who were there, probably hate this narrative and just want to move past it regardless. But you know, Mark Jackson brought it up at the end. Jeff Van Gundy, they were talking about you know how they have won without Kevin Durant. How silly of a narrative that is, but at the same time, it's nice to. It feels like it's done. That narrative's done. Um, I think this finals ranks number two behind the behind 2015. This one feels good because I personally thought that the Celtics were the better team. I thought that they had, you know, as I've been following this season pretty carefully, the season before pretty carefully. Um, I thought that well, what 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 is the best, you know, player the the the, the team that you could put together with all the players? And I've been saying that these long athletes with the the seven foot wingspan with the six, six height, Jalen Brown, your, your, your shooting guard, who's, who's six, 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 seven with like a seven foot wingspan. Like that's, that, that's, that's the best team you can have right there with a ton of athletes who could switch. And I thought that, you know, the Warriors, I thought the Celtics were better the team, the better team. I thought that Stephen Curry was the best player in the series by far. I, I wasn't sure if we could do it, but you know, down two one and you win three straight. Uh, that puts that puts my narrative aside, but I mean, I had the Warriors winning, and this feels really good right now. Salesforce Tower is lit and blue, blue and yellow. <laughs> San Francisco feels nice to be in right now. Championship parade on the way. Yeah, you're right in the middle. You're right in the middle. Of the we gotta, right we gotta, and and then we can't, we can't go to bed too easily, right? Because we got our, we got our summer league California Classic coming up in a couple yep. weeks now. Yep, yep. Got to defend uh, the title now. And the draft is next week, and we're probably going to do a podcast before then just to kind of talk about it, even though uh, now does that mean the Warriors have the last pick of the entire draft, the entire first it's round? It's regular season, so I think it's like oh, they okay. have like the 28th pick. Okay. Uh, okay, so let's uh, let's talk about some of the key points to this game and really this series. And the first one is, uh, you know, you talked about it, kind of the, the, the non-KD team. Steph Curry finally gets that finals MVP trophy. He felt it, right? Like he felt that entire thing, the 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 weight of what this meant to this franchise and to him was on his shoulders. And even if he poker faced it the entire time until this moment, the fact that he broke down on the floor to me meant, yeah, I was wearing this thing for for the last few years and this means a lot and you know it's so it's so funny because we've talked about certain athletes that we follow for whatever reason tim lincecum like you know you would defend tim lincecum with your life we just love that guy so much and steph is that for warriors fans you defend steph until you know forever and it it's just so crazy to see him because when when he's on the court and when he's crying, to me, I just start thinking about all the things that happened since he got drafted. It's just like it's like a, a commercial of like his his events of, of of his career. And I was you know I was with him. I I, I thought Clay was going to be the one to cry, but it, it was Steph. And uh, yeah, I think this means a lot to him. I think it means a lot to the team. You could see Draymond. You could see Clay. They wanted it so badly for him. You could see, even see Pool. You know, Pool was cracking smiles, like they really wanted it for him. They knew how much it mean it meant to him, and he got it. Whatever you know, our, our buddy and uh, one time death lineup guest Ben Cruz. 
he uh what did he tweet he tweeted uh he tweeted oh gosh no oh r.i.p to the but steph doesn't have a finals mvp narrative it had a solid run and really that's what it is to us it's like now we don't have to hear about that i mean they'll make more there will be more naysayers and they're just going to expose themselves as, as far as how good steph really is at basketball but i don't know what you think about that when you saw him you know break down on the court i think that you are not human if you didn't want to break down right there with him. I did it, but I wanted to. <laughs> um, I, I think that, you know, as like you said, with the Lincecum thing, we want to defend Lincecum as a Giants fan, as a Niners fan. I don't really know who that person is um, in my watch. On the Niners series. for me, for me, on the Niners, it's Kaepernick. 100%. I was about to say Kaepernick, but maybe for different reasons, not because yeah. of his playing career, uh, but for different both. reasons. Uh, both. Yeah, I agree. Um but yeah, it's Steph is one of those guys, man. It's like I feel I, f- I felt like as a Warriors fan, I know you probably don't get into this too much, but you know, I'm on I'm on the social media aspect of like the younger generation who, you know, might want to discredit Steph for a lot of things. And I and it's like, how do you how why am I here with my back against the wall defending a guy who's like unanimous top ten all, all of all time? Maybe not unanimous to most people, but to me it's unanimous. But you know, it, it and it and it feels good that why why are we even having these conversations anymore he he just averaged basically 30 points per game in the finals the game five where i know we didn't do a podcast after it but the game where he maybe didn't have his best shooting night yeah. he's still as effective because he's taking away so many defenders and you know making the right pass and all that stuff like i'm this guy had such a great finals and it, it just it, it maybe this isn't the most analytical or most of like statistical breakdown episode we've ever done because I'm just like a I'm on cloud nine man. I'm not. I mean, I I was like, okay, I gotta I gotta put some numbers. I I'm not, I don't have the box score up. Like I literally don't care. <laughs> Neither do I. So and I've had it up about, for every single episode before this. To, to I know, me, me too. But but it is about more than the numbers, and it's about more than the plus minus, which is which we like to do. It it like from. The very first podcast that we did in the finals, you know, once once we knew it was Boston and and Golden State, and, and we talked to Max, and Max was, you know, Max made some really good points, and I think a lot of those points came true of what he was saying about his team. But the one thing that that was really hard to analyze or to put numbers on or to, um, you know, what whatever the websites that are telling us what's supposed to happen. The thing that is hard to quantify is experience. And I and I and I made a big point about it in saying Boston is more athletic. Like you said, they're longer. The one thing that I'm worried about is that they get that win and then they go, Oh wow, this is how you do it. We didn't know how to do it until then. And then they went out and won game one. And that was like my biggest fear had come to fruition. The fact that the Warriors figured them out the way that they did to to take this series back 2-2 back home uh, by winning that game in Boston, that was like, I think if, if in hindsight, that game four was probably the biggest game in the series. Because for them to win that game with their backs against the wall, it signaled that they had figured something out because they showed it in game five and then 
you know, they go out and, 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 and finish it. Um, that, that, that whole thing, it, it showed that whatever, whatever, had, you know, the, that's why these things are seven games or at best out of seven, but for Boston to come out and, and uh, I, I actually do have a question out of this for, but for Boston to come out and play so well in, in those, you know, two out of three, and then the Warriors just go, okay, we're going to let you have those. And then we're just going to win the next three. And it's going to be, see you later. It's going to be Cancun time for you guys. Steve Kerr made a move in, uh, I guess it was, was it game four? Was it game four or game five? I think when it he was game four. Porter? It was game four. So Otto Porter starts for Looney. They split up the Looney Draymond minutes, but it also allows Otto Porter to come in as a real bench guy to help on defense and rebounding. It's looking at the statistics. It didn't really mean a whole lot, but they just kept doing it because it was successful when it came to wins. Uh, Udoka, on the other hand, his mentality was, we just need to X, right? The defense is playing fine. They're not scoring tons of points. The offense just needs to do X. And I thought, you know, he's probably right. But what, but, but the part that he's missing, and, and I'm not saying that I know more than him. Obviously, that is not the case. But just in watching these Warriors teams in the finals, the one piece that he's missing is sometimes you need to strategically and psychologically do something so that your team believes that you are coaching as hard as humanly possible to gain that edge. And you also tell the other team, you know, we're not just going to throw the same five out there. We're not going to do the same. Like, we're going to do something to make you uncomfortable. And he didn't do anything. He ran the same guys out there, didn't trust his bench at all. Even tonight, did not trust his bench, though Grant Williams did play a lot more of this game. Still didn't really do anything, but he, he did play more. Horford played a little bit more. But I was waiting for that one move, the one thing that he had in his back pocket, the... Andre Iguodala is going to start for Andrew Bogut or the Andrew Bogut's going to guard Tony Allen. Whatever that thing is, the Otto Porter is going to start for Kevon Looney. That thing, whatever that thing was, he did not do it. And I was really surprised because even if it doesn't work, it is a psychological thing. It makes the other team react to you and it tells your team, look, I'm trying to find the right thing for us and he didn't do anything do you think he should have made any changes was there any changes to make and that might have been the problem is there just was no changes that he could make i think there's always changes to make literally after game one draymond went from guarding al horford to jalen brown that was the adjustment they made after game one and it worked perfectly I'm going to try to make an analogy right now, and I'm not sure how good I'm going to do it, but Bill Simmons on his podcast was saying that he was talking to someone inside the Celtics organization, and he was like, are we going to win tonight? Like, what, what's going on? And the Celtics yeah. guy was saying, you know, we have we know what to do against this team. <laughs> it's just, like, not working. Yeah. And you know, like, when you're watching, like, a movie, right, and there's this, you're watching the good guys, and they come up with this amazing plan, and you're like, oh, my God, it's going to work. Yeah. And then you have this hothead slash wild card on the team who just, like, you know, like he does one thing and it falls off the rails and it derails the entire plan. And you're watching this movie. You're like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Like, don't do this one thing that's going to make the bad guy find out where you are. 
I feel like Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Marcus Smart are all that wild card guy who just derails the entire plan. I could see Ime on the on the sideline saying like, "No, stick to the plan, share the ball, and just keep scoring." Like we're gonna, that's how we're gonna win. And they're like, and Jalen Brown's like, "Nope, I see two defenders in front of me. I'm just gonna try to rail right into them and get past them." Marcus Smart's like, "Oh, I see this possession where it could really put us ahead right now and, and give us momentum, give the crowd momentum to to cheer us on, and and we can go on defense and get a stop." Nope, I'm I'm chucking up a three pointer. And Jason Tatum is is. I think that that Draymond especially and, and a couple other guys set the tone in the beginning of the series where whenever Jason Tatum's going to drive, we're going to make him feel contact and we're, we'll see how he reacts. And I think they did it in the first couple games. And even when there's no contact, there was even a play today where Jason Tatum is doing a Euro step in a fast break um, possession against Wiggins. And Jason Tatum's like, bringing the ball to his chest like he's about to expect the biggest hit and he's euro stepping for a wide open layup like Jason Tatum was like expecting contact every single play and I think that completely altered his shot I mean if you want to 20 the 2023 regular season if you want to know how to stop Jason Tatum just try to be physical with the guy like there are three things that I think those top three guys on their team that has which are major flaws and it just seemed like they just kept reverting back to that where he like stick to the plan and jason tate jason uh jalen brown's like he's probably like no we're losing like i'm i, we, I gotta do something and then yeah. sees two guys right in front of him and drives in like it's just it just seemed like this it, it seemed like they could have had it figured out but these guys are one like you said uh experiences you can't really you know um calculate that it, it, you just have to watch it and i think that was a big thing for 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 the Warriors and a big thing that the Celtics didn't have. So uh, my good buddy, Grandpa Dez says, congrats. And then your mom agrees with you. She said, go Warriors. I totally agree. I was moved by Steph. Thanks, mom, for listening. Do you think for um, watching. Her, her, she, the person she likes, Tony Robbins, was in the crowd tonight. Do you yeah. think he was for, uh, as a Celtics fan? Or I, I thought I heard something that he, he was, was behind like, Kerr. I don't know. He was working with Clay when Clay had his injuries, you know, talking him down with doing the Tony Robbins thing. And Clay, yeah. Who knows? Uh, or, you know, what could have been the turning point of the season is when you guys went to the game and uh, your mom bugged Zaza before the game was over. That could have been the turning point of the that season. Could, right yeah. There. And she bugged Zaza and then, the, and then Steph forgets to close out on a wide open three by Justin Holiday and Justin Holiday cans it. Pacers beat the Warriors. <laughs> But what I want to say, I don't know if you have it as one of your headlines, but especially Uh this season where it seemed like us as Warriors fans, we watched this team more than, you know, you could even say ESPN analysts, man. Like like Stephen A. Smith, Bill Bill Simmons, like Bill's not ESPN. Brian Windhurst? Are you talking about Brian Windhurst? Windhurst. Mr. Mr. Chubby himself? Like, (laughs) Like, we watch these guys more than them. We know this team better than them, especially us two. I can't speak for all Warriors fans, but I believe that I know my team more than half the experts out there, right? Sure. And we've been saying, like, like we've been saying, you know, I think that this team is is X, right? I think that this team is once Clay gets back, once Wiseman gets back. You see what we're doing at eighteen and two without all these other guys in the beginning of the season. Wait till they come back, and it seemed like once that was starting to happen, you know, Draymond gets hurt, and it's like they start losing when Clay comes back. It's like I'm telling you, once all these guys get healthy, like we're gonna be good. Yeah. Draymond comes back, Steph goes down. It's like I swear, like you know, you could see it, but. And then all these guys come back and boom, look what you have. You have a championship right in front of you. And it just, it's, it's, we were right all along. And I know it doesn't always fall in this, fall in this direction where, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the healthiest team, I guess, always wins. But this one, these guys played what 
couple minutes together before the actual postseason the steph clay dre trio the patented trio of playing together since forever four championships together they hadn't played minutes together more than i don't know maybe 10 minutes in a wizards game that they were going to easily win without them anyway you know they they were a they they haven't played since then and boom they come to the playoffs nuggets in five games um memphis in six dallas in five boston in six it, it just shows you what this trio can do. It's, it's experience. It's, you know, it's, it's of course talent. It's having the best player and, and like one of the best players of all time on your team. And, and that's what happens. Uh, Mark Nobita, our buddy, Mark Nobita said, wind horses, weenie. He you know represents what's... the Brian name. So incorrectly. I saw Brian <laughs> Scalabrine when I went to chase center in game five, you know how like, um, uh, Chris Mullen and, and I'm forgetting the other guy's name, but Fest is sometimes on the show. Darrell Wright. Uh huh. Come on. Who's, who's the Bonte Hill? Bon, yeah. Bonte Hill. Thank you. You know, uh, Brian Scalabrine is kind of like that for the Celtics. Yeah. And I, I was thinking of, of the red. Is that know, the red? Is he, isn't he the red Mamba? He's the white Mamba. White Mamba. I, I was I'm thinking of Mamba. yelling out to him. Like, thank you for representing the Brian name so correctly. Cause <laughs> Brian Windhorse represents it incorrectly, <laughs> man. You think of the Brian name, you think of a white guy with like, I don't know. You think of Brian Windhorse. Like we need, so, we need so I, I, I'll, uh, I, I get the, the Windhorst uh, dislike. So Windhorse literally uh, he's a Cleveland writer. So he's got the whole LeBron rise, the, uh, the rise of LeBron. And then when LeBron goes to Miami, ESPN sends him to Miami. And then when LeBron comes back to Cleveland, ESPN sends him back to Cleveland. So he was basically on the LeBron beat forever. Um, I uh, I don't know if I've ever told this to anybody. Okay, so Warriors lose to Cleveland in 2016, okay? For some reason, I thought it was my job as a Warriors fan to really punish myself. Brian Windhorse wrote a book about that 2016 LeBron team, the King comes back or whatever it was a really good book brian brian windhorse is a good reporter he's just not as good at being an espn face and video person and hot take person as he is a good reporter i i I believe he's a good reporter but uh so i read that book and i was like you know what i'm reading this book punishing myself because the Warriors are going to win again, and they're going to beat LeBron. And and it happened. They won two times in a row. So I, I I pat myself on the back for that, for going through that pain of reading through that LeBron book. But Windhorst, yeah, you know, he he's not good at the the hot take stuff, and uh, it shows. But you know, he's a smart guy. I know he's he's a Simmons. You know, Simmons will have him on every once in a while. So I I, th- I think he's okay. He just made he just had a comment that. You know, he's probably joking, and and he it was it was. A I don't game. even know. Are you talking about checkbook win? Yeah, I, <laughs> like, I listened to the Zach Lowe podcast, and he had Brian Windhorse on, and it just seemed uh-huh. like Windhorse was just trying trying so hard to be like cool and non biased, but then again, saying how that it was after Game Four, saying how that Steph win, that Steph night, you know, he he just maybe I want him to appreciate it more than he does, but that checkbook win comment, I can't see how that was a joke. We I, got I don't really you got have what, that much what, of a. What you got to understand, and and we don't understand this because we are so close to this Warriors bubble, that a lot of the NBA is jealous that Joe Lacob is willing to go so much into the tax to pay for this team. Phoenix's owner, Robert Sarver, won't even go into the tax to pay DeAndre Ayton, supposedly, right? So imagine 
if you're a Phoenix fan and you see Joe Lacob like spending lavishly, all the all the teams that spend the most money, you can go back to the 49ers of the of the 80s and 90s, the Dallas Cowboys. The teams that spend the most money are often also the most hated because there's so much envy from from other fan bases. That that's a lot of what this is, is that the Warriors have Chase. Chase is a cash cow. Kawakami reports this all the time. How many how much money do the Warriors get for every playoff game and every finals game? And then they can put that into, you know, whatever. And I don't know how much Lakeup bought the team for, but it's probably the second or third most valuable team in the NBA, you know, upwards of four or five billion dollars. So he's already made his money back if he ever wants to sell it. And mm-hmm. this is, you know, this is him wanting to to keep this thing rolling and create something else as he's keeping it rolling. So I think it's uh, very commendable. And look, it's not, you know, you'd rather have the guy who wants to spend than the guy who doesn't want to spend. So that a lot of that is just, you know, a little bit of envy there from, from some totally, of the fan base. Totally. Um, I just think that, you know, you look at the stats, you look at who was the highest payroll for the a- X amount of years since who, who, who is the highest payroll that's won the title? Like every year you look at, I don't know, last year, I don't know if it was the Warriors, but they didn't win the title if it was them, you know, I think this is one of the, f- not the first, but first since, maybe 10 years ago or whenever that the highest payroll team has won the NBA finals. It's not the worst take. I just think it discounts some things like Wiggins. Sure. It's a checkbook win because we could pay Wiggins $30 million a year. We're paying into luxury tax. This guy's not a $30 million player until we saw him in the finals. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, so, well, you know, the, the other thing is that where, where the jealousy really comes is from 2017 because yep i know kd's uh the 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 cap spiked because of the tv money and it spiked enough to where the warriors could fit kd under the salary cap and you know a lot of teams are jealous about that so that's where it stems from it's it's economics and and look that you know if they didn't want the uh the, the the warriors to uh you know if they if the nba didn't want want it to work this way they would change the rules but this is how they want it to work and the warriors are a smart enough team to take advantage of it and that's really what it comes down to is they are a very smart basketball team as well as they have really good owners so so that that's it okay let, let's move on i, I don't want to go all night uh because we probably could but uh man the defense that this team played tonight I I wrote, is this the best defensive game of the season? I don't know. I mean, I didn't dig up numbers. I didn't look, blah, 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 blah. But it felt like it was the best defensive game of the playoffs. And so the perfect time to have that game. Guys were closing out. You barely saw any open, wide open shots. The Some of those shots that the Celtics did make, I was just like, man, tip your hat, Jalen Brown, you know, tip your hat. Al Horford, uh, the, the the Warriors are right there on those closeouts. Uh, I, I think one of Horford's threes w- was pretty wide open because Draymond got screened. But man, these like you saw how tired Steph was. Steph was so tired he had to come out at the end of the third quarter. He couldn't even finish the forty seconds. He also might have got a little bit dinged up. But that dude was playing his butt off because they kept attacking him one on one. And man, even Jordan Poole, who I picked on all playoffs because I just wanted him to toughen up a little bit. 
him and Gary Payton are playing in the same backcourt. And I'm like, man, GP's rubbing off on this dude because Jordan Poole was getting up there. He was defending. He was getting tough rebounds. I think uh, whatever whatever the game plan was, those guys sold out. I don't think there was a bad defender on the floor tonight. And that's saying something because, you know, they the, the way that they've attacked the Warriors in the playoffs, everybody was good on defense tonight. And I looked at the box score. I don't think that steals and blocks completely tell the story if you're a good defender or not, unless you're Rob Williams. But I let's just look at some of these. Okay. Okay. So Andrew Wiggins with four steals, Draymond with two steals, Draymond with a 12.12 rebound, eight assists, two steals, two blocks stat line. Wiggins had three blocks too. four steals, three blocks for Wiggins. That's crazy. Um, Clay with two steals, Steph with two steals, GP two with three steals, like steals and blocks. Again, they don't tell the picture if you're a good defender or not, but they also do like, they, they, they still do something. Uh, these guys came out to play tonight. I think that they 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 went to Denver um, game four. They didn't put their foot on the pedal. They thought that, you know, there wasn't as much urgency. They thought they had that one in the bag. And, and they did. Game five, they win it. But game four, they didn't put their foot on the gas. Yeah, game five against Memphis. They went to Memphis. The whole whoop that trick thing from uh, the, that, the, the, I forget if it's Malika or Kendra. I think it was Kendra Andrews that reported that and and they didn't put their foot on the gas. Memphis comes out and plays an amazing game. Warriors didn't feel urgency. Warriors take care of it in six against the Mavericks. There was a little bit of urgency in game three. Let's put this thing away. We feel an opening. They did. They, they, they won game three and didn't put their foot on the gas in game four. And they come back and win in game five with the Celtics. It was it's game six. They felt the urgency because it's different because of the NBA finals. But I also think it's, it's a nod a little bit to the Celtics because you know, if the Celtics were able to win this game with the Warriors up by as much as they were going into the like in the third quarter, like who's to say, you know, you never know. So I think it was a little bit of a nod to the Celtics of how good they were and what they could do. You know, Al Horford um, makes a makes a reappearance into the finals. We haven't seen him since game one. Hey, hey, how, hey, Al Horford, how's it going? Yeah. man? it's been a while, right? Um, and I, I just think that the Warriors you know, like they didn't do in Memphis, like they didn't do in Dallas for game five or game four, like they didn't do in Denver for game four. They did it tonight. They felt the urgency. They wanted to put it down, put it away. They didn't want to risk another game, a game seven at that where yeah. Celtics are good at, at on the road. It was, let's get this thing done tonight. Like how, you know, w- with that episode with me you and Max, I had said that I could see a lot of streaks being broken tonight. I think Max agreed with me too, that um, this series, I could see a lot of streaks being broken where the Warriors hadn't lost that chase center yet. We thought that that could be broken. It was broken in game one. game one. We thought that the Celtics could lose for two games straight like they haven't done in January. They lost three games straight. Yep. Like a couple of these records are being broken. Um, I had the Celtics winning tonight and it just makes it all the better that the Warriors won tonight. I'd love to be wrong sometimes. Have, and, you, have you checked in on Max to see how he's doing? Max did the respectable move tonight where he put his phone on his bed and went into the living room and watched the game while me, Obi, and Alex were texting all game and wondering where he was. But it's a respectable move. I probably would have done the same. So, yeah, Max Max said congratulations on the good finals. There's no there's no beef there. It's just it's just basketball. It just feels amazing to, to win this one. Yeah. It, look, Boston's good. I, I don't know. You know, you never know about who's going to be back, but... Boston's a good team and and they have a lot of the right pieces. They they that they, they will have to figure something out I think because you know whatever it is to to lengthen that bench. Uh I know 
you know, the 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 little white guy who shoots threes with the buzz cut running Pritchard. around is it, he's fine in the regular season, right? He's he's uh, helpful in the regular season and he's a, a fan favorite in the regular season. But man, when you when you got to lock in in the playoffs, he's a little bit of an outlier there. And, and I would like to see them, um, you know, maybe uh, improve in that position. Uh, they could use somebody who's a who's a little more springier and and athletic uh, for defensive purposes when when you know when you sub out as well. You know, Grant Williams, I thought he was really really bad. This was not his series. Derek White was really really good in the beginning, but did the, the Andrew Wiggins was off this dude like three feet, just begging him to shoot a three. He missed the entire rim on a three-pointer today. He just was not. You know, the, this is the thing. We were talking about, uh, I was actually talking to somebody in, in the death lineup group, and he was saying how, you know, Derek White, the Warriors need to prepare for him because, you know, he's, he's such a good player. And I said, well, you know, I listen to Bill Simmons every show, and Bill Simmons says about Derek White, which is he's very inconsistent. Like, sometimes he plays really well, and sometimes he plays scared and we saw both of them. You know, we saw both versions of Derek white and thankfully for us, the last several games of the season, he played like the scared Derek white and he did not, not play well. So I think though, I think they're going to be good, but they do need to make, you know, they can't, they can't bring the same back team back and go, let's run it back. Like we're, 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 you know, we just need to like, Idoku was saying, we just need to make some adjustments and and like play better. No, you got you you need to better your overall mm-hmm. roster because you know you guys were one Chris Middleton injury away from not even making the finals, really. And so, um, yeah, but uh, I don't I don't I don't want to overdo it here. But man, that was a great defensive game that they played, and you know, kudos to Draymond because. Man, uh, I don't know. Was it, was it game three? We we had him off the team. We we were trying to figure. I think out it ways. was game three or game four where we. I think we had we we did the rankings and re-signings where. It, I think I think Poole and Wiggins got ahead of him, and and I, he was bad. It was deserved, and he would probably. You know, we talked about his self awareness. He would probably agree with us <laughs> that it was deserved, but he played. He played the most dra- he he played the most regular season Draymond game of the playoffs tonight, and it was perfect timing. He was all over the court. He was long arms. He was tipping passes. He was blocking shots. He was covering. He was helping uh, a couple times. He helped. I think he helped R- Rob Williams into fumbling the ball out of bounds. Like he, it was just the fact that he was kind of going to be there and Rob Williams took his eye off the ball because Draymond was there and, and the ball scored it out of bounds. But what a performance by him. Best game of the playoffs for Draymond. And uh, I think Stephen A said that, you know, we had to give Draymond his props and, and apologies because he was playing great. <laughs> the podcast is going to be something tonight, man. Uh, but with Draymond, he deserves it. Uh, but you know yeah. what? He deserves it, but depending on how much champagne that he is drinking tonight, maybe we keep could, him off could, the mic for yeah. May, maybe we wait until tomorrow. I, I, that, that's <laughs> just, from podcaster to podcaster advice, Draymond. I would say celebrate tonight, 
celebrate with your teammates. I, who knows? Maybe they fly out to Vegas tonight to like they did in uh, what was it, 2017, uh, and then come back tomorrow, get some sleep, then do your podcast. <laughs> Nah, man, record tonight. But <laughs> but what I will say about Draymond is that game one, when he himself allowed Al Horford to shoot so many threes and make so many threes, and when Marcus Smart hit so many threes and Derek White hit so many threes, his press conference was basically like, come on. He was basically like, come on. These guys, they're not going to do it again. Like, come on. Are you serious right now? Like, he was brushing off the fact that it was his fault, and he was saying, like, no, these guys, like, do you see the names that you're listing right now? Derek White, Al Horford, Marcus Smart. They aren't going to do it again. And I was like, dude, like, it's the finals. You leave them open. It's going to happen again. And, and they made the necessary adjustments to make sure that, like, they at least made it hard on those guys. But he was right. <laughs> they didn't do it again. Derek White wasn't effective, in my opinion, since game one. Maybe a couple flops here and there that, that swung it in the Celtics' favor a little bit at times. But he wasn't that great. Marcus Smart, I've already done my rant about him. And Al Horford, I just said. He's been missing since game one and he came out to play tonight and Draymond was right. I will, you know, throw, uh, I, I, I love saying I'm wrong sometimes. And I was very annoyed with that comment. And I was like, dude, like this is the finals. You don't leave NBA shooters wide open in the finals <laughs> and say that it's just because it's not going to happen again because of the people they are. And because of the players they've been in their career, the consistency they've had that they're not going to do it again. Like, dude, that's not how we do it. But he just, they, they adjusted and he was right. I need yeah, I need a t-shirt. Instead of the the barstool t-shirt that says F you Draymond on it, I need a t-shirt that says Draymond was right. That's what I, need. <laughs> I need a I need I need the Aisha can cook t-shirt. <laughs> uh so Mark Nabita again pops in and Mark was calling Draymond the Green Reaper in our in our uh, <laughs> chat in our text tonight. Uh he wasn't letting the team lose. A hundred percent. Him and Steph, like there was like they were just look. Uh, we're not going to lose this game. I'm sure they were telling those guys too in the huddle, like, look, just follow our lead. We're not losing this basketball game tonight. And uh, wow, just uh, amazing, amazing uh, leaders that those guys are. All right, quickly, I have one more point. We'll, 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 we'll be quick on this and then we'll do a couple of rapid fire, quick, quick questions. Jordan Poole, Gary Payton Jr., step up, huge checkbook win. I know the 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 <laughs> lowest paid players on the team. You know we haven't we haven't shown uh shown this one in, in a while, but I think we got to show it. Pool party, it was happening tonight. He didn't have a great second half, but I thought he played really well in the second quarter. Uh, he showed some confidence. Uh, late, you know they had to take him out in in, the, in those uh, once Steph got back on the court, but. I, I liked what he showed tonight. I, there was just a look. He had a little bit of a look. GP, man, how many strips did he get tonight? Uh, you saw Andre kind of talk to him on the side. The, the one thing I was a little sad about was, you know, we got the clay, holy cannoli uh, uh, mention in the interview. We didn't get to, we didn't get to hear Andre talk. I wanted Lisa to ask Andre some questions because I thought, you know, he was the, he, he's the kind of like the glue to, to this team in that way, you see him coaching up Peyton. He's coached up Wiggins, man. What, what, a and, and then Kerr put him in right at the end there so that he could, you know, feel what it was like. He didn't want, he didn't want Andre to get a DNP tonight. He wanted Andre to, to get on that the floor. That was a statement. That's cool. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, the, um, I, I just thought those guys played so well. Uh, Looney, of course, w w was, uh, 
was nice. He was getting offensive rebounds. He got a block shot. Uh, he was battling in there. They they just need him to be that big body, and he's not a frail guy anymore. He's he's he moves guys. He's not the tallest guy, and he's not the strongest guy, but he moves people. And for every Rob Williams fantastic block, like Rob Williams is so vertical and he's so fantastic as a shot blocker, there was a a, a loony box out moving Rob Williams out of the way to get a clutch rebound. That is also that also needs to be stated. It's not as highlighty as as Rob and Looney is probably will never get the the same credit because you know Rob's a little younger actually no I don't know if Rob's younger or not but you know just I think Rob's younger he's kind of up and coming and Looney's just a stalwart but man Looney Looney was just as big and he's not going to get the same ink in in or the same print in 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 the the blogs and stuff but stepped up huge okay I have some rapid fire questions. I didn't for even you. get to give my takes. All right. Well, well, did, did you have anything to say? I think I think um, when we were, when I started listening to Plus Minus, I think Ethan Strauss was big on Kevon Looney. Big ups <laughs> to you, Ethan Strauss, man. Um, I, I think if I had to rank this series on players, you go one Steph. Yeah, I think you go two Jalen Brown. You might even go three Rob Williams. You might go four Andrew Wiggins, five Jason Tatum. That's a little low for JT, but you might go six Kevon Looney, man. Over I thought Draymond. Kevon Looney had a more consistent, better series than Draymond. I think Draymond goes next, but it's just I think Kevon Looney doesn't get as much praise in the Warriors fan base in this podcast too, where he I, I think we I think we owe him some, but Jordan Poole. Um, Jordan Poole, I think what what the story has always been with the non-Steph minutes is can you stay afloat in the non-Steph minutes? Can you not go down too bad? Plus two you know, in the fourth quarter. It, yep. And then you, you throughout this run, you've had like guys like Ian Clark, guys like Quinn Cook, guys like Guy Bowman in the cruddies, cruddy seasons where it's like now you have this guy named Jordan Poole who is better than all those guys combined. It's just that I think they might've even won the non-Steph minutes. I don't remember the score off the top of my head, but it seemed like they were pretty ahead when he was in. So it's just, it's a big, big win for, for Jordan Poole and Gary Payton Jr. Or Gary Payton, the second, as we all know, um, I think, I think they've reported this a couple times in the finals, which I didn't know, but he was applying to be the video coordinator mm-hmm. for the Warriors when he got cut and he he stuck it out and and they signed him over Avery Bradley over the guy that Steph wanted that straight that Draymond wanted Bob Myers said no we're going GP yeah and Jesus that is a big like that's one of the decisions that seems so minuscule at the time but then you look at it in the grand scheme of things when it's all said and done it's like that was big like I can't see Avery Bradley being as effective as GP2 was so that's just and, and let's not forget that this dude had to come back from a dislocated elbow in the middle of the play. Broken. And he came back and, and played and was effective, which was amazing. Yeah, crazy. Um, I, I was t- I told you and Ben that I ha- I, I, for my birthday, I just bought myself the championship DVD so I could like kind of rewatch what was going on. I, I didn't even finish the 2018 championship. I, I was like, sort of stuck in the middle. I was going to watch it today, but then I ran out of time. There is a Jordan Bell segment and a Quinn Cook segment on this DVD. What the heck is going on? I'm going to I'm gonna have to get the, uh, the this year's version. Maybe there will be a Gary Payton the second uh, segment. So, okay, quickly. Where's Boston go next? Max has said it a ton of times. I think he even said it on this podcast where Boston has all their guys under payroll for next year. So they technically like can just run it back. You know, they're young. Jason Tatum, what, 24 years old. Like they technically can run it back and work on those 
specific things in the offseason. You can even work on what I said. I don't know if I'm no NBA scout or NBA trainer, but what I said I feel like was pretty apparent in the finals where JB just has to work on making better decisions and not going at double teams or Marcus Smart has to make better decisions when it comes to the clutch and his IQ where Jason Tatum has to learn how to play through contact. That's a common drill where they hit him with the boards or something to make him play through contact. If you could work on all three of those teams, this team is a team to be reckoned with. Even I, with I do Chris wonder if back. his shoulder was more injured. Than and that'll be a story. I'm sure that'll come out. Um, Rob Williams, 100% not 100 percent so guy. poor guy man his knee Messed kept getting knee. drained as a yeah. giants fan i keep hearing that about who is it belt or yeah Brandon or belt. lamont wade or oh, yeah, both of them like all yeah of them. every 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 drained. giants player because they're so old i don't know um, much about knees being drained but that just doesn't sound fun uh so that was iguodala all season long mm-hmm. so i i don't know i don't even know if you could make this trade you know the kind of player that they need chris paul I mean, if you could get him, sure. But uh, Ricky Rubio, I, if I if if they could find a way to get Ricky Rubio, because he's a he's a a point guard, and and look, Marcus Smart showed that he can play that position. But Ricky Rubio, I think, is better than Derek White. Um, Ricky Rubio can control a team. He can guide a team. Uh, he may not hit the you know the, the the open threes as much, but I would like to see somebody like Ricky Rubio because. I think it would benefit Jalen Brown and uh, Jason Tatum so much. And he doesn't have to start. He can come off the bench. Marcus mm-hmm. Smart could still play 30 minutes. And then you 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 know you play them together in some. And, and by the end, you know, Ricky Rubio's got 25 minutes a game, too. Okay. Well, wait, wait. What's so uh, to to I didn't I'll, I'll I'll do mine really quick. So I said Chris Paul because I've thought of a trade before to get him to the Celtics because I think that the Celtics need a guy like that. I wanted like in a perfect world, I want Darius Garland on that team, but that seems almost impossible. But Chris Paul, what if you traded Marcus Smart? And let's just go like right now. Let's just say straight up. That doesn't seem fair because Chris Paul is one of the greatest point guards, you know, top five, top 10, wherever you have him of all time. And Marcus Smart, what, 27, 26, same draft as Andrew Wiggins. With Phoenix, it resets your timeline a little bit. You don't have to worry about pushing it to the win now with Chris Paul as like 36 or 37 years old. It kind of resets it a little bit, gives Devin Booker a little more time to come to prominence, be a top 10 NBA player, whatever he's supposed to be in this career. But for the Celtics, it obviously kind of pushes up your timeline a little Mm -hmm. bit. Chris Paul can maybe teach Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum a thing or two about something called like turnovers or something like that. (laughs) Help them out a little bit. Uh, Max, Max, Celtics fan Max said no. He doesn't want Chris Paul. He wants Marcus Smart. Interesting. Maybe he thinks that it's... Uh, coronavirus Chris Paul. Well, of, you, uh, the thing is with Chris Paul is you lose about 90% of the defense that Marcus Smart brings. So, okay. Uh, so quickly, what team do you think makes the leap from playoffs to actual contender next year? Is there a team Western? in the East or the West? The West, there's there's the Denver Nuggets and the Los Angeles Clippers. If I had to gun to my head right now, I would say those are the Western Conference Finals teams right there. I need to see, obviously, who the Warriors retain in the offseason, and I think more free agents will be likely to want to come to this destination now that they could see that Steph, Clay, and Drake could still do it at any given time. But if I had to gun to my head, I'm thinking Los Angeles Clippers, and I'm thinking Denver Nuggets as the Western Conference Finals. Two teams that didn't even make it out of the first round or the play-in this year. Denver, of course, lost to the Warriors in the first round. Uh, Los Angeles Clippers lost to the Pelicans and Timberwolves in the play-in. So I think those are two teams that once healthy can can really make a push. And for the East, play-in, I mean, Charlotte's always there. Um, the 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 Bucks, Obviously, yeah. Got to think that if Middleton doesn't get hurt, that they're there. They are right? winning the championship if Middleton yeah. doesn't get hurt. 
that, that's what they that's how they have to think. They they, they have, have to, to think they were playing the Warriors in this in, in this playoffs. Um yeah, that's that's that, that that that's interesting and I guess we'll have a lot over this uh over this summer to talk about this. Uh, cuz I think we're going to try to do like a monthly, I mean a monthly weekly show mm-hmm. kind of how we do Thompson to Clark, Brad and I will we'll try to do some some weekly stuff especially in next week's is a draft so we'll probably try to do a little preview of the draft. Okay, last question. Can the Warriors go back to back? I think, like I said, it depends on if they get someone like Otto Porter Jr. back, even though that's like a sixth or seventh man. He's still a key piece of this rotation. You win this thing as a team. You don't win this thing without the team, even though Steph is one of the best players of all time, had one of the best finals runs that I've seen in my lifetime. But I think you need to retain guys like that. You need to see who's on the free agency market, and you need to see who's willing to come to the Warriors. Um, I I need to see this team, what it looks like next year to make it a make a statement on that um they definitely make the playoffs I, ha- I would have them right now as the three seed uh maybe two seed can they re- can they go back to back they can they totally can you know i think the, the, the i think what uh joe lacob w- w- what we've heard in the past how they're trying to be this spurs-esque dynasty where you go from one era to the next seems like they're doing it right they just won a championship and you have jonathan kaminga and moses moody our guys who didn't even play we don't even get the kamudi time uh that we've <laughs> that we've been ready for we don't get that but they're going to come back for their second year polished they're going to come back with a full summer of playing basketball james wiseman the second pick of the 2020 nba draft is going to be able to have a summer to play basketball there's rumors that he would be able for summer league that is big time for someone like him Clay yeah. Thompson gets a full summer of being able to play ball since the Warriors drafted James Wiseman and full Clay summer Thompson. of being in the ocean for Clay. oh yeah he's just gonna be in the water the whole time being uh Oracle Park left field waiting for Brandon <laughs> Crawford to go oppo when apparently that's not even oppo for Crawford um <laughs> that but yeah he did say that but uh you know Clay, Clay Thompson gets a <laughs> Uh, he tore his Achilles when James Wiseman got drafted. So he's really not had a full summer in a while. There's just yeah. so many things internally that I think they, they can, you know, improve when internally they just won the whole thing. So that's just exciting. Yeah. I think the one thing that'll be back for clay is uh, the Instagram feed and the, and the models. Cause he, he I'm he so ready take, for clay. He, live stream. He, he had to take a, he had to take a couple years off from dating all those, those models because he was <laughs> rehabbing. Uh, okay, so that is it from here. We we did 20 shows during this playoff run, which is kind of amazing because we didn't even know that we were going to do anything before the playoffs happened. And we were just like, oh, yeah, let's just start doing a thing for the playoffs. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. And we'll, like I said, we'll be back weekly. And uh, if any of you have the opportunity to do a podcast with your own child, it is a lot of fun. Like I said, he's a lucky, lucky human being to be so young and to have been able to watch four championships. I'm lucky, too, because not everyone's favorite team. You know, you get to see them win. But uh, but yeah, just uh, it doesn't happen all the time. So we got to we got to appreciate it for for when it when it does happen. All right. So uh, for Bry, I'm Double G. We'll be back next week. Peace out.